we should have left this world and gone into the fiery dam to endure torment forever because we were rebels against a holy God. But our Lord Jesus entered in. He was sent by the Father to do a work, a work that souls might not perish. And in doing so, the Lord Jesus took upon him all the hell, all the wrath, all the holy indignation of a God who hates sin with a holy hatred. Today we have the gospel in 25 words. That's in John 3.16, and I trust that you will come to faith, believing the fullness of the gospel in these few words. One Bible text, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I want you to have that life. I want you to have life with God, life in heaven, eternal life, life that will never end, life that is beyond the grave, life in your soul that will make you a new person, because every one of us is under the curse of sin. We're under the condemnation of death. If we are born once, we will die twice. But if you are born twice, you will only die once. And that is for those who are born again. They come to faith trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And this text, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that we might not perish, but have eternal life. This is the hope of the gospel. And I trust that you will be brought to rejoice in that hope today. What other hope do you have? Are you trusting in money? It will perish. Are you trusting in houses and lands? Well, they will corrupt. They will perish also. And material things can never satisfy the soul. But praise God, the Lord Jesus living in your heart, giving you the gift of eternal life, will, and I guarantee it, personally fulfill the needs of your soul. It will bring you into peace with God. It will bring you into a place of true free conscience, the knowledge of your sins forgiven, and that you have power to live a new life. So stop trying to do it all on your own and trust in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're coming now to our pulpit ministry on part two today, John 3.16. They are called in this text, the whosoever. Now, it's not all and every man, but it's all who believe. So none are excluded who believe. I cannot tell you who the elect are. 
I do not know the number of Canadians whose names are from all eternity marked in the book of eternal life. But I can hear the profession of faith of the sinner that says, I believe, and he or she is a whosoever, included, accepted, and saved for all eternity. None are left out who believe. Faith is what makes Jesus to be your personal Savior. And the Lord Jesus is the gift of God. He's a covenant Savior who possesses all the riches of God. In Ephesians 1.3, we're told, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So he comes to us as the Father's gift, and he comes bearing gifts. He's the giver who giveth and giveth and giveth again. This is the wonder of this glorious gospel. Now, do you know that? Are you now a believer in the Lord Jesus? Are you one of the whosoever? Only when you believe can you put your name in. Now, think of the the wonderful hymn, If I've Jesus, Jesus only, What though clouds are hovering o'er me, and I seem to walk alone, longing my, mid my cares and crosses for the joys that now are flown. If I've Jesus, Jesus only, then my sky shall have a gem. He's a son of brightest splendor and the star of Bethlehem. As a believer in the Lord Jesus, how rich we are. How we have every blessing in spiritual and heavenly places. I trust that today that you are a whosoever. That you are a believer in the Lord Jesus. There is no reason for you to be on the outside, excluded, a stranger to the love of God. We're inviting you into the family of believers that enjoy all the gift of God that is in Christ Jesus. Number three, then, the Lord Jesus is the bearer of the Father's holy wrath. You'll notice our text, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. You might ask, what? Did the Son of God actually teach on earth that men perish and lose their souls? And what possibly does that mean? The critic will say, well, they are annihilated. They're gone. They just vaporized. They're no more. Did that, is that what the Lord Jesus meant when he said souls would perish? Well, let the Lord himself define what he meant. Turn to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, and you'll see the same word, the same word. uh, In the Greek, it's apolumai, 
Apollumai, and it's translated in the English, John 3.16, perish. Here in Matthew 10 and verse 28, it is translated destroy, destroy. Now again, the critic might say, what does that mean? Does it mean annihilation, that the soul is no more, that it is simply vanished into space and gone? What did the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, what meaning did he pour into the term apolumai? Perish or destroy? Well, let's read the text here, Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And so this word perish is much more than just the annihilation of the body. It's the much more than just the annihilation of the spirit or the soul. You will see that they continue to exist. The body and the soul destroyed in hell, Jesus said. And the Lord Jesus came to keep souls from perishing. And it involves hell because it refers to both body and soul. It's also perpetual hell, endless hell, because it is the counterpart of eternal heaven or eternal life. And of course, the Lord Jesus, how did he come that men might not perish? By becoming the bearer of the Father's holy wrath. Now, I add in there the word holy wrath because it's, it's the right thing. Now, you, you need to grasp this. It was the right thing that we go to hell. It was right for a holy God to send you and me to hell for all eternity. We should have perished. We should have left this world and gone into the fiery damned, to endure torment forever because we were rebels against a holy God. But our Lord Jesus entered in. He was sent by the Father to do a work, a work that souls might not perish. And in doing so, the Lord Jesus took upon him all the hell all the wrath, all the holy indignation of a God who hates sin with a holy hatred so that you and I would not bear one drop of that wrath of God. Jesus drank the cup and he drank it dry so that there is no wrath for me. Did you know that that's what happened at the cross? Did you know that's what Jesus accomplished in his atoning death, in the shedding of his blood? And that blood, it covers over out of view your sins. So that God who looks upon men and he sees us in our nakedness of sin, his holy eyes, See the very recesses of our corrupt hearts. 
But when that blood is applied, that atonement is made and appropriated, God looks upon the sinner and he sees no sin, nothing. Who shall lay any charge against God's elect? It is Christ that died. That's the apostle's clear argument. Jesus died for me. Therefore, there is no more wrath upon me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not. I hope that's going to be you. What a tragedy it would be for you to perish in eternity for all time without a Savior. I move on to number four. I had a few things I was going to say in, under that heading, and let me say them. I thank God for this gospel. I thank God that this is the gospel I heard as a young teenager, and I thank God that I started preaching this gospel, John 3.16, as a 20-year-old. And I thank God that that was the great nudge to call me into the gospel ministry, and that for 46 years I've been preaching the same gospel. I said to my wife this morning, I might be accused of being repetitive, but I haven't changed the message. And we're here today as believers in the Lord Jesus, more confident, more secure, more resting in this glorious gospel than ever before. And there's something wonderful about being a free Presbyterian to go along with it. We are Reformed. We are in the heritage of fundamentalists. We are conservative. We seek to be doctrinal. We seek to be separated. But we're separated unto the gospel. Not to be different but to be a gospel-minded people. We have a gospel-minded ministry, a gospel church, to produce a gospel people who will sing and glorify the Lord through the gospel. And there is still laid upon us this exhortation, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. I am carrying the blood of your soul today. Your soul is in my hands today. I have to be conscious of the weight of my ministry. If I were just to preach to you some little nice human stories, let you go home laughing, and the things of this world, your blood would be upon my hands. But I'm here today to tell you that God sent his Son into the world to deliver you from hell. And you are called. There is room for you in the whosoever believeth should not perish. If you perish, you will never say there was no invitation. You will never say, I didn't know. You will never say, 
I was lost and nobody cared. I move to the guarantee now. Jesus is the guarantee of the Father's eternal life. Allow me to finish the text. That we should not perish, but have eternal life. Have. How can I know that I have eternal life? Well, we certainly need faith in the Lord Jesus, for he is the guarantee. My faith is not in men. My faith is not in churchmen, nor in churches. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus' sinless life is my guarantee. No one would search more for some sin in the life of the Son of God than me, because I'm depending on Him. I am preaching Him. I'm telling the world about Him. And if there is some sin in the Son of God, then I lose all hope. But His sinless life stands out, and it's the guarantee that he is my worthy, all-sufficient Savior. Jesus' atoning death, making reconciliation, is my guarantee. God the Father accepts me. I am dealt with as the Beloved, who shall bring a charge against God's elect. It is God that justifies. Jesus' resurrection is my guarantee. He's alive. He has conquered the grave. He is triumphant. And so, we take the name of Jesus, and we rejoice in the guarantee. He's the guarantee. Doesn't depend on me. Doesn't depend on my performance. I could lose my memory. It's very possible, and fail to preach a word to you today that would make any sense. I'm not depending on my preaching to get to heaven. That's a good thing. I know what some of my colleagues would say to that. They'd say, Ian, there wouldn't be hope for you. Not depending on good works. Not depending on our religious activities and ceremonies. Not depending on some new, turning a new page. Every page in my life is stained. All my good works are but filthy rags. Can't get to heaven on that. It's the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God. Take Jesus' name out of it, and there's no guarantee. And that's why if you're living without Jesus as your Savior, you have no hope of heaven. You're a lost soul. You're perishing. You're headed for eternal destruction. This is our gospel. And I thank God for the privilege of preaching this wonderful gospel to you. In 25 words, we have the gospel from A to Z. How many words does it take to take you to hell? Just one word. Sin. 
Because one sin means everlasting destruction. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Just one sin, and you're lost. Did you know that there are no gospel texts in hell? You will never see a placard, a poster with John 3.16 in the caverns of the damned. There is no gospel pulpit in hell because there's no Bible in hell. It's a place of darkness. There is no Savior in hell. There is no cross in hell. There is no cleansing blood to wash away sin in hell. And Revelation 16 tells me there is no repentance in hell. All the perishing souls are filled with glee. It's the glee of rebellion. It's the glee of rebellion and godlessness. And as they cry out in their pains, it is but to cry out against God. That's the state of the lost. God's saving purposes is to stop a sinner outside the gate of hell. And above the door and the gates of hell are written, Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. There is no gospel there. But on this first Sunday of the year, there's hope. Hope for your soul. There's a wonderful Savior with His arms wide open, saying to the whosoever, Come, believe and receive, and you are wonderfully saved. So don't throw away that hope. Don't lose hope. Write your name in the whosoever. What is your name? Is it John or Susan? Mine's Ian. When I read John 3.16, I can read it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, that if Ian believes in him, he shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I had an email this week from a listener to our webcast over the years, and she said that she was just reminded of something that I preached years ago, that stuck with her. And she heard me saying, I'll never be in hell. And it's true. It's true. It sounds like a bold, braggish statement. But for the believer, the Christian, it's true. Can you say today it's true for you that you will never be in hell? Oh, I would that this text would become yours. I would that this gift of God would be well received by faith and that you will bow the knee and say, Yes, Lord Jesus, God the Father sent you. You came and fulfilled everything. I'm taking by faith the life, the gift, the salvation that you've purchased for me. Let's unite in prayer. 
You have been listening to Let the Bible Speak, and this is Pastor Ian Golliher. I hope that today that you have been encouraged to trust in the Lord as your Savior. This is your need, and this is the good news of the gospel, that it meets the need of the human heart. I have in my hand here a little booklet called A New Beginning, and it sets out the way of God's salvation. It first of all presents our need, our burden of sin, our guilt and condemnation without peace with God. But our Lord Jesus came into the world that we might have eternal life. And the question is, how may you receive Christ as your Savior? In page 12, 13, and into uh, 14, we have, how may you receive Christ as your Savior? Recognize your need to be saved. Acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that he alone is able to save. Accept and act upon the promises of the gospel. And then you come to confessing your sin, trusting in the merits of Christ, and the fact that repentance is absolutely necessary. You must come to hate sin, to flee from it, and plead mercy because of your sins. Now, I would happily send this book to you. And if you give me a call or send me an email, I will put this in the mail to you. In fact, we have an offer of uh, 10 copies of this booklet, A New Beginning, for $25 that people may give them out to their family and friends. And that will help us with the mailing and help us here cover some cause that let the Bible speak as we seek to get the gospel out across Canada. A new beginning, and it's all yours if you put, uh, give it, let us know, and we'll be glad to send you a free copy or 10 copies for $25. But let's close our program today in prayer. Father, we thank thee today for the gospel, this good news that God is a God of infinite mercy and so greatly loved the souls of men, women, young people, that you sent your Son to be our Savior. And we rejoice in the work, the person, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ for our souls. And I pray that you will lead hearers to the gospel today to trust and rest their soul salvation in the Lord. May you grant them faith, give them a a genuine hatred of all sin, and to be delivered from the guilt of sin by the cleansing of Jesus' precious blood. O Lord, wilt thou have great mercy to call souls to faith and trust that they may enjoy this gift of eternal life. Now hear prayer and be with us today. Receive our praises through the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.